Hello, friends. I'm April Line, and this is April's Brain Leavings. One of my favorite things to write and talk about is how we don't have to suffer for someone else's comfort. That's a tough lesson for a people pleaser like me, but learning it has made my life so much better. So today I'm going to share the essay called When Dating Becomes a Crime. The first time I hung out with my ex-boyfriend, I left him alone by his car after declining his request to kiss me. We met on OkCupid and had been chatting online for months by then. Our first ever in-person conversation was natural and easy and fun, but I didn't have that intestinal hum that promised a sustained storm of passion and chemistry. I already knew I wouldn't feel flush and jittery the next time I saw him. But he was unconventional and handsome in many of the ways I like. Bearded, large, hairy. He had a nice voice. He laughed at my jokes. He wrote great letters. I felt comfortable with him. The morning after we met for drinks, I rolled over in bed and expected him to be next to me, his beard rooting in the empty pillow beside mine. I took this as a sign, a sign of my unknowable desire for him. The next time we met, I let him kiss me. That was the beginning of a really weird decade. I begin with the anecdote about the sign because it's emblematic of the kind of emotional dissonance that pervaded my relationship with him. I loved him, but I didn't understand why. So much of his behavior made me uncomfortable. He claimed to want to be with a smart, actualized woman but got angry or pouty or mean when I was forceful or independent, which I often was. I reinvented myself a thousand times to try to comfort him and to be the person I thought he wanted me to be. More than once when we were fighting, instead of addressing the issue at hand, my ex enumerated my faults. His list always confused me, because the person he described never sounded like the me I know. One night, instead of arguing with him, I said, well, if I'm like that, why would you want to be with me? He said, I don't know, just always thought you'd be rich someday. Ouch. So, I went to therapy. I went to therapy armed with a specific set of questions. Why did I keep choosing people like him? People who had impossible standards for me, but were themselves happy to be just as shitty as they felt like being. People who couldn't emotionally self-regulate, who were given to passive aggression, tantrums, and fits of pique to rival even 45s. I learned two powerful lessons during that time. First, Other people's feelings are neither my responsibility nor mine to solve. My ex never overtly asked me to change myself for his benefit. I did that because it felt normal to me, because it was modeled for me as a child, because I like to help and I like to fix things. I am an overachiever and I work really hard at stuff. I yearned for domestic harmony and shared joy because it felt honorable to martyr myself to the commitment I've made. Learning I did not have to do that was exhilarating. Instead of putting on the cumbersome cloak of my ex's insecurity and anger and resentment, I could let those feelings where they were, 
inside of him. When I didn't enrobe myself in his intensity, I could objectively see how fucked up the relationship was. The second lesson I learned is I deserve better. Everyone does. Everyone deserves to be happy and to have the joy they want. No commitment is worth your mental health. No commitment is important enough to impale yourself on your partner's nonsense or what they bring out in you. Yes, you might have promised to long ago or not so long ago when you didn't know yourself as well or when you had less information. When we know better, we are free to do better. Relationships aren't mandatory minimums. We shouldn't stay in them because of cultural expectations or Protestant guilt or simply because we promised. Most of us make and break promises of varying consequence all day, every day. And we all evolve and change over time. These are the more exciting things about being human. Two years and a little while ago, I worked up the courage and resources to leave that man. Since then, I have been so happy, but it's not always easy. I have had to actively choose not to settle into old patterns of anticipating, meeting, or solving other people's emotional needs. But here are some of the perks. Excellent humans and opportunities have entered my life. I've been able to identify and eliminate other toxic situations and avoid collecting new ones. I've made amazing new friends and attended to relationships I'd neglected in order to soothe my ex's suspicions or to avoid his outbursts. I get to have people over whenever I want. I get to share space with my amazing teenage kiddo, who, get this, is also happier. I get to go to other people's houses, couch surf when I travel, have discussions with friends that I won't be grilled about later. There's joy, laughter, adventures, rewarding work, and hope in my life. The other pillow is empty again, and I'm glad. It's going to be tough to find a guy I don't want to just smother with it, because I'm not interested in accepting anything less than everything I deserve, and that's a long list. My sassy, unconventional sensibility and newly immutable self-respect won't settle again. I've seen and read and lived enough to hope he's out there somewhere, willing and able to hang with me in my crazy, juicy life. And if not, my only love crime is to be all the way me, wild and growing and free. Thank you for listening.